church. Man, I tell you what, it's great to be back here with all of you. Uh, we love getting away and spending a little time on vacation as a family. But Steph and I were talking, we just couldn't wait to get back and worship our awesome God with all of you, our church family. We love you and we're, great, we're grateful to be here and grateful to be back with you. Uh, if, if you're connecting with us uh, online, good morning to you as well. If you're listening or watching, uh, I love the fact that we have the technology to do that. So if you're not able to be here with us, you can still follow along and what God is doing here in his church. But if you're a guest with us, welcome. If you'll guess us, welcome to Vertical Church. We love the fact that you were here. We love the fact that you got up on a Sunday morning to come hang with us. If you do me a favor, though, uh, if you take a moment to see this uh, Connect card that's in the seat back in front of you, we'd ask you to fill this out and come join us at the orange table after service because we want to connect with you, want to engage with your life. Uh, you matter to God, so you matter to us, and we want to help you walk along with that relationship with him and Jesus Christ. We hope... That while you're here through our worship and through his word, you understand how much God loves you and displayed it through his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, before we get into this morning's conversation, church, um, I just need to do a little bit of family, family talk, a little conversation, share some things with you. Um, unfortunately, I say that very, very sincerely. Unfortunately, uh, several weeks ago, uh, Chris Watts shared with us as a leadership team that he'll be stepping down as the student ministry director here at Vertical Church. Oh, yeah. A couple back there. You can just let it out, right? Um, it's very, very sad to see this happen, but here's the thing. I don't know if you know this. Chris works a full-time job and then some where he works, and he honors God and is a blessing to others while he's there. But he's also a, a husband and a dad, and he walked through this process not lightly at all, but he came to the conclusion that he needed to step back and so he could be more in those areas where he needs to be first. And so what I want to do this morning, I want to ask Chris to come on up, and I want to honor him this morning, church. Will you just come on and invite him up? <laughs> uh, Chris has been attending Vertical longer than I am for sure. So, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit longer. Seven years he's been attending here at Vertical Church. He's served in student ministries for the last four years, but for two years he's been as a director. And this morning we just want to take a moment to honor him and thank him for allowing God to use him and how he's been impacting our youth for the kingdom. And uh, amen. Come on. Yeah. Scripture is very, very clear in Romans 13, verse 7, that we are to give to those who are due. And it says one of the things we're to give back is honor. When honor is due is we are to honor him. And that's what we're doing this morning. We want to honor and glorify him. And the very next verse in verse 8, it talks about leaving no debt except for the debt of love. And I just want to share with you, brother, um, we owe you a debt of love, you, what you've poured out. And uh, I, you're not here during the week, uh, I'm sure Chris, I've only known him for five months, and his love for Jesus, his love for people is infectious, and his joy, his fun, it's always a joy to be around, and that's just who he is. It's not just a moment here, a moment there. That's how he lives in Jesus. If you've ever experienced him in your life, you know that to be true. Amen? All right. So I, when I met with Chris a couple of days ago, we talked about some of the things that, uh, that I wanted to ask him, like what are some memories, some moments in your life as you served here in student ministry as a director that, that stood out the most? And I'm just going to hand off to you. What do you think? Yeah, sure. Um, so one of the coolest things that I've gotten to do as a, as a director, 
of student ministry who's actually baptized some of our students. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't me doing it, it was me getting to partner with God. Like, it's such an awesome thing uh, that to see God, like, use me and uh, get to baptize some of our students and uh, even some of my friends. Uh, so that was, that's something that I'll, I'll never forget. Um, but the, the thing that, that I uh, will cherish the most are the, the uh, volunteers that I got to work with. Uh, I'm looking out right now, and I see JJ, who is so infectious with worship. Now, like, people look at you, and they see you worship, and, and you just do it so free, brother, that um, they can't help but do it, too. You know, and I, I see Carrie Butler, who's been here for... You've been here, you've been here forever, and you still look good, girl. <laughs> still do. Um, but the way that you talk to our young ladies uh, with wisdom and in love and in truth um, is so perfect. And sometimes it's not what they want to hear, but it's what they absolutely need to hear. My own daughter has benefited greatly from discussions with you. Um, so I, I'm just humbled that I get to... I do life with people like that. It means the world to me. Um, I love teaching. I love preaching. But I love the people that I got to do it with. Amen to that. Amen. We mentioned this in the first service. You're not going anywhere. You're still going to serve in kids ministry. Uh, yeah, be a yeah. part of that. I'll, I'll still be back there with, uh, with the kids. I, I told them I, I get to yell at them a lot more than I do the, the students. Uh, but... They're a little bit rowdier than the... <laughs> grade, so. Awesome, awesome. We can't thank you enough. Again, uh, I don't believe God is done with you yet, my friend. You are definitely gifted to serve him in, in amazing ways. And we look forward just to seeing God continue to work through you for his kingdom purposes. You, hey, church, would you, I don't know if you would, but if you just stand up with me and, and put a hand up and we're going to be praying over Chris and thanking him and honoring him for how God has used him and him being willing to be a servant for him. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace in our lives. We, we thank you for, uh, most importantly, for Jesus Christ, which makes all that we do here possible, not just on Sunday mornings, but every day of the week and how we live for you throughout the week. Lord, I lift up Chris to you and ask you to bless him, bless his life, bless his family, bless his wife and his children uh, for uh, allowing him to be a part of what is going on here in the youth for so many years. Lord, we know he's not done here at Vertical, but he's just stepping back and he's made a hard decision, a decision that you have laid on his heart. So I pray that you bless him through it and bless him as he continues to move forward. God, we lift him up to you and ask you to continue to work in his life. Show him how he um, can be kingdom-minded in all things like he's done. Let his joy that comes from you uh, continue to be infectious to those around him, especially where he's at work, to be a light of hope from those around him as well. Lord, we love you and we worship you and we lift him to you in your son's name. Amen. Brother, thank you so much. <clears throat> now, that is not, that's not an easy thing to walk through, but it's only easy because of the man Chris is and how much he loves Jesus Christ. But what is easy is that we transition to this, this time of year, which is my, hands down, my favorite time of the year, and that is Christmas. Uh, I absolutely love Christmas above any other time of the year. There's something about Christmas that peels back all the chaos in my life and brings a little peace into it and lets me walk through it and lets me reflect back on the true joy of my life, and that is my relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me just ask you, 
Who here loves Christmas? Are you here? Okay, you love Christmas? So is it too early for me to, to say Merry Christmas? No? Merry Christmas, church. Yeah, come on. Yeah. I absolutely love Christmas. You just said you love Christmas, but I want to take like an unofficial poll or survey this morning. Who here has their tree up? Christmas tree up. Okay, that's awesome. Who here has got their Christmas shopping all done? Raise your hand. Yeah, there's a few overachievers. All right, there you go. And who here hasn't even started? Raise your hand. Yeah, you're with me. All right, here we go. Who here put their Christmas tree up before Thanksgiving? Show me raising your hands. Before Thanksgiving, you put your tree up. Okay, you're the crazies. You make, y'all make the best of us look bad. Just want to point that out, okay? But Christmas is an awesome time of the year, and it brings so much joy in life because Jesus brings joy. You know, this morning, we're stepping into this series called The Story to Tell, is we're going to walk through this, the story of a lifetime. And the, the Christmas story is a story that's filled with promise. The Christmas story is a story that's filled with peace. And the Christmas story is a story that's filled with, packed, filled with purpose. And I love that we're stepping into it this weekend because right about now, Christmas chaos shifts into another gear in our lives. And we, we, uh, we are so much chaos and experience. We step in and get busier and busier in life. And the more chaos we experience through this, this season, the reality is that we look forward to Christmas to be over. One of the greatest times of the year. But because we get so busy, because we try to pack so much in, we look for it to be over. I don't know if you like Clark Griswold, like he says, I'll be out here for the season. And as all his family chaos starts happening inside, he's like, I don't even want to be around that anymore. I'll be out here. We're extremely busy people. Our calendars, our schedules are always overflowing. But somehow, some way, we have this idea that we can pack more in when it comes to being the Christmas time. We can cram in more events. We can push in more family trips. We can schedule more dinners. I'm okay with that one. Uh, we can get more projects done throughout the week than ever done before. Why? Simply because it's Christmas. And then we start you know, filtering and pushing in to all that time to find the perfect gifts. We put up our Christmas tree. We're decorating our houses with those stinking and frustrating I mean, beautiful and breathtaking Christmas lights. I mean, come on. Who here puts up Christmas lights? I pray for you. I pray for you. They're crazy, crazy frustrating. We, we do all this work to get our family together, right? To get that perfect family picture. Why? So we can put it on our Christmas cards and we can send it to our entire extended family, even to the cousins we haven't seen in 37 years. So we can show them we were such beautiful Christmas bliss at this time of the year and we're not even reminded to remember to tell them all the frustrating or yelling and arguments we had just to get that one picture to yell at our kids to stop moving around. Right? You know, have you experienced this? And when it comes to Christmas, when this is what it looks like in our life, we get so crazy busy and become so frustrated, we get so stressed out. When this becomes our Christmas, the joy of the season is sucked right out. Simply because what we've done is we have substituted everything in it that we've made it to be. So we believe that these things that we do, the gifts that we prepare, the gifts we get for Christmas, is the basis of our joy for the season. And that's the world, friends. And I had to think that if there was something more, something greater, something so much better, someone so much better 
Man, I think we'd want that instead. Sometimes, I wonder if we ever stop and think about what God thinks of what our world has done or doing with his gift of Christmas. Think about the birth of his son. God is saying, I have given you my son, the perfect and amazing gift. And for the entire season, this birthday season, my creation are filled with arguments and stressing and frustration. They're not even enjoying what I have given them. I wonder, I wonder if God looks down and thinks, don't they even want my gift? Don't they even like my gift? Maybe, maybe as we go through that situation and maybe that gift, we feel like that gift is not enough. I mean, think about it. If Christmas is truly about celebrating the story of Jesus, shouldn't we be a whole bunch more excited for it and be filled with a bunch more joy in our lives? Yes? Because Jesus brings joy. So this weekend, as we step into officially the Christmas season here at Vertical Church, I want to walk us through one of the greatest stories ever told and told by the author of life himself. And I want us to be embracing all that joy can bring this year. Because the reality is Chris is so much more than we think and we have come to believe. Let's jump in this. Open your Bibles if you would to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, we're going to be starting at verse 4 this morning. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. As you're getting there this morning, Galatians was written by a guy named Paul. Paul was a a sold-out follower of Jesus Christ. He went and preached Jesus. He planted churches for Jesus. He uh, wrote letters to churches to get their act together for Jesus. He was all about Jesus. But that wasn't necessarily always true. See, Paul was well-trained in the scriptures. At that time, all they had was the Old Testament. The New Testament had not been penned yet. In fact, he said he was so trained, you could say he was a scholar of the Old Testament. He was the best of the best because he was trained to the best of the best. He knew the Old Testament inside and out. But it wasn't until he came face to face with the risen Christ that he realized that the whole Old Testament that was talking about the one to come, the the anointed one, the Messiah, he realized that Jesus was him. Jesus was the one that God had laid out so long ago, the promise to send the one. And once his eyes were opened to the truth for Jesus, his whole perspective changed. His whole life changed. And how he loved those who were around him absolutely changed. And that's my prayer for us, church. That as we step in and press and understand about Christmas, that it's full of promise and peace and purpose, that we to our perspective about the season will change. Right? Our lives will start to change as we press in. And our love for all those around us will also start to change too. Because Christmas is that time of year where we can express love like no one else because of what Christ has done. So let's jump in. Let's open your, you got your Bibles open. Look at verse 4. It says, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under law that we may receive adoption to sonship. Let's just stop right there. When the time had fully come, 
When God had everything just the way he wanted it, when just enough time had passed in history and there was just enough time to the end of, before the end of all things, when the world was ready, when humanity was ready, when God was ready, when he got to the right place in time in human history, the story of promise was shared. A story that was not to be forgotten. A story that was going to be recorded. A story that was going to be recorded and shared over and over again for generations to come. And that is the story of Christmas. See, the story of Christmas didn't begin with a couple trying to figure out where to have a baby. The story of Christmas didn't start with a young lady figuring out how in the world she got pregnant when she was still a virgin. The story of Christmas really started with an old couple wondering if they ever were going to get pregnant or have a child. See, when it comes to Christmas, there's so much truth in history and promises that step in the scene that, that we often look at what's in front of us and have to step back and see what God was doing in the process. 2,000 years before Jesus Christ was born, God made a promise to a guy named Abraham. And that promise was that every nation, tribe, and person would be blessed through him. The promise that one would come, that one would change everything, and that one was going to be Jesus. And when Jesus came on the scene, he was born on Christmas morning, that is a promised celebration of Christmas. God was coming toward us. See, Christmas is the promise of God moving towards his creation, his people. In a world that has turned its way, its way inward and turned their back on God. Let's look at Christmas as an everyday reminder that he has turned towards us. See, no matter where the darkness of humanity sits, Christmas is the light of God is reminding us that God is still present. He still loves us and that it's never changed. That is Christmas of promise of God moving toward us. You think about a child will be conceived and be born and you'll give him the name Emmanuel. What does that mean? God with us. God was coming to us, moving toward us to be with us. And I don't know about you, but to think that the creator of the universe loves me to no end, that he came to make his love known, absolutely overwhelms me. That in spite of my, my, uh, my failures, in spite of my inconsistencies, in spite of my selfishness, not only did he pre-plan it, but he fulfilled his promise of making a way back to him is absolutely crazy. And sometimes it's too hard to, to comprehend or to hold to or to understand or to grasp. So as we step into this Christmas season and we're seeing that God is coming toward us, Maybe this is a great reminder for us to see, think if we're moving towards him. In our relationships, are we drawing closer to God like scripture tells us to? Are we leaning in him with what we're walking through? Are we living open-handed and letting him lead us in our lives? Or are we embracing what the world is selling and we're kind of pulling away, pulling away, pulling away? Are we moving in as God has moved toward us? See, it was just the right time. Just the right time God had everything in place. God was getting ready to do something personal, so he did something relational. 
Look at this. It says, God sent his son, born of a woman under the law, to redeem those under the law that we may receive adoption to sonship. Adoption to sonship. Now, if you ask me, that is personal. That is relational adoption. If, if you look back and look at, think about how Paul was writing. He's writing, if he was speaking from the first century Roman perspective, which he was actually writing this letter. Adoption was something that was fully known at that time. And adoption was something, idea, this idea of being chosen and being brought into one's family, receiving a full inheritance as any other child in the home. Well, maybe, maybe Paul is writing from his Jewish roots, speaking from his Jewish roots, looking back at God the Father, who he always bringing his children back in, and he's holding him close, and he's holding him tight. Just like God shared to David, talking about his son Solomon in 2 Samuel, he says, I will be his father, and he will be my son. This idea of adoption or sonship is something personal. It's something relational, because God is drawing close. To us. Look at verse 6. He says, and, uh, Because of you were his sons, God sent his spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who causes Abba Father, relationship, endearment to the Father, his spirit residing in us. It's personal, it's relational. It says, You are no longer a slave, but you were God's child. And since you are his child, God also made you an heir to a beautiful, eternal destiny. With him. God moving toward us is Christmas. It's personal. It's relational. It's God demonstrating his love for you and me. And if you've ever been through an adoption, you yourself have been adopted, or you are part of a family who adopted a child, or know someone who has, to be fully known and wholly and completely loved is nothing short of amazing. And that's what God has for each and every one of you. Adoption is God simply saying, welcome to the family. See, God wanted to not just move nations and tribes close to him, but he wanted to move individual people into a personal relationship with him. So at Christmas, God took the first step to remove all the obstacles to have an unrestricted relationship with him. If it was going to be personal, God had to come in person. Think about it. How would you know where you stood with God if God didn't come stand with you? How would you know where you stood with Jesus if Jesus didn't come and stand with you to show you what you needed to do? Another letter wouldn't do it. Another message probably wouldn't do it. It would never get it done. He had to come in person. God sent his son not just from Galilee to Jerusalem, not just from the manger to the cross. God sent his son all the way from heaven to earth because God was fulfilling his promise to come and make a way. See, it's just at the right time. God set the stage, his demonstration. And his demonstration would be documented for hundreds and hundreds of years, thousands of years. Why? So people wouldn't forget it. 
And if you're in this room and you're a skeptic, you're like, I have no idea why I'm even here. I don't believe in God or this Jesus thing. I just showed up one Sunday because to get the person off my back who was inviting me. Maybe you tuned on Facebook or listening on a podcast. You're like, I just clicked this thing by accident. Maybe you're a skeptic. But I want you to listen for a second. 4,000 years ago, God promised that he would send, he would send someone in the line of Abraham. He would send the one in the line of Abraham. 2,000 years ago, Jesus was born. Now don't miss this. It's been 2,000 years and we're still talking about it. Think about all the things that's happened in, in our human history in the last 2,000 years. I know nothing because I slept through history all through school. It actually bored me. But think about all the things that happened. We can't list a lot of names. We can't list a lot of details. Some things were happened. We didn't, it wasn't even recorded. It didn't even, we didn't know member existed. But for some reason, some reason, a Jewish baby was born. And now Jesus is a household name. Because God was fulfilling his promise. He sent his son, born of a woman, to redeem those under the law so we can receive the sonship that he has for each and every one of us. Christmas is a promise of God moving towards us. And again, I ask you, if you're in this room and you have a relationship with him, are you moving toward him? He's fulfilling his promise. He's asking you to draw close to him. Because this is why Christmas is also the promise of God demonstrating his love. Right? Not only is he moving toward us, he's demonstrating his love for us. Look back at verse 4. It says, When the set time had fully come, God has sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law that they may receive the sonship, adoption of sonship. God needed a way to show his love to you. God needed a way to show his love for me to us. And Christmas is that way. A father's love for his creation needed to be demonstrated. And Christmas is that demonstration. Love must be shown to be known. Right? Love must be shown to be known. This is huge. And if you've ever grown up in in a life full of empty promises, you know exactly what I mean by when I say this. And maybe you're feeling that way right here, right now, this morning. Like, Rich, come on. I've lived through the life of talk is cheap. And that's why we can say, most of us know this saying. What does it say? Action speaks louder than what? Come on. Love had to be shown to be known. God knew this. He realizes this. They had to show his love, fulfilling his promises. And that love is shown through Jesus Christ at his birth. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. See, Christmas is not about the fanciness or all the stress or arguments that we have made it in this world. Christmas is not about the presence under the tree or the tree itself. Christmas is all about the promise of God being fulfilled, making a way back to him. Jesus is God's fulfilled promise. And you need to understand how important this is. Right now, 
your children are learning the exact same thing in kids' ministry. We want them to walk away knowing how much God loves them and how faithful he is and how he fulfilled his promises through Jesus. And they're learning it just like we are right here walking through it together. And here's why. Look back, look back at the verses. We're going to keep on digging this two, two, two verses. But when the set time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. God sent his son to do what? To redeem us. This is where the story explodes. It's amazing. Our God, our heavenly father, sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this world to redeem us from being separated from him for all eternity. Our God did that for you and I, die, for you and I. so we don't have eternal punishment. We won't just escape the fires of hell, but we were going to be with him. And to redeem us is, simply means to, to deliver us, to pay the price for us. To buy us out, purchasing. Jesus was sent to purchase us, to pay the price for our sin. And because we sin, we are separated from God. And Christmas is God saying, you know what? I got this. I understand where you are. I understand what you're walking through. I understand what you did. And my son is going to pay the sin tab for your life by what he will do. And just so we're clear, sin is anything that we do or choose to do outside of God's word. When God says do and we don't, that's sin. When God says don't and we do, that's sin. And because we all sin, you may not like to hear that this morning, every single one of us, but I don't think I need to explain that, do I? I mean, I think, I don't think that we, we all have understandings of what we did when we were kids. If you have kids, you know what they have done when they were kids. Like they, you punched your brother. You pulled your sister's hair. You lied about eating that Christmas cookie. Even though there was frosting on your face. I'm not saying it ever happened to me. It could have. You'll never know. Right? We understand what it looks like, what sin looks like. I don't need to explain this. We know this. We've lived this. And God, who is holy and perfect, can't be around sin. Our sin separates us from him. And God said, okay, I'm going to set this all in place. I knew it all in advance. I'm Father moving toward us, loving us. And he's creating a way for us to come back to him, to be with him for all eternity. And guess what? Guess what? Let's try it again. Guess what? that way started to become a reality at Christmas. See, because of our sin, there needs to be a sacrifice. The Bible is very clear on this over and over again, a sacrifice that needs to be made. The Old Testament, during that time, it was done at the temples. But God had a perfect plan to present the perfect sacrifice. His great love, again, was demonstrated through the great sacrifice of his son, and we don't normally think about that during Christmas because we think about this beautiful little baby in a manger. All right, we're like a cute little, beep, 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 right? It's so cute when you just want to give him a binky and you know, we want to do all that kind of stuff. We don't think about that he's going he's gonna to grow up and that he lived a perfect life. He died a brutal death on the cross, paying the price for his sin. We don't think about that, that he fe- defeated death three days later. And that in our faith in him, 
who Jesus is, what he has done, uh, surrendering our lives and make him the leader and the Lord of our lives through faith. That we receive the promise, not of just Jesus coming and Jesus filling the way back to God, but also the promise of eternal life. We can't separate one story from another. They all tie together for the greatest story ever told. Colossians 1, verses 13 and 14. For he has rescued us. Who's he? God. God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son. Who's the Son? Jesus, whom he loves, whom we have what? Redemption. The forgiveness of our sins. Friends, the greatest gift we can embrace and celebrate and receive this Christmas is not anything that we can find under a tree. The greatest gift of Christmas we can embrace and celebrate and receive is the love of God through Jesus Christ. God set the stage. He demonstrated it for each and every one of us. He document, documented it and kept it preserved so you, me, and the entire world would know that Christmas is a story of promise. The promise being fulfilled of the coming Messiah the promise of eternal life for those who surrender their lives to him. It's that simple. It's that amazing. And that's why we celebrate Christmas so much. Our Savior was born. Now before we, before we walk out those doors and enter in to the chaos of this world. I can't imagine ending this conversation without giving you an opportunity to respond. For some of you listening today, you, you think, okay, this, maybe this is the first time that you've heard this truth. Maybe this is the third time you've heard this truth. But you've never given him your life. You never stopped and prayed and made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. So maybe today is that day. Maybe today you understand, okay, I've never done this. I've always come to church. I've been coming to church all my life since a little kid with my grandma, my parents, and it was awesome. But maybe you've never prayed and gave it all to him and accept the promise of who Jesus is and what he has done and receive the promised gift of eternal life. Maybe today, you do just that. You make him your Lord. And make this Christmas the best Christmas ever. You know, those of us in this room who have, you know you have people in your life who haven't. If Jesus truly brings the joy, he truly changes everything. Why wouldn't we tell all those around us the promise? Who's next to you at work? Who's near you at school? Who's around you that you know that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus? 
Maybe this leaning in and moving towards God this Christmas has taken the opportunity to share the message of hope with them. Maybe it's just simply taking these invite cards and handing them out this week. Walk up and say, listen, I'd love for you to join us this Christmas. I'd love for you to join us this Christmas because we're going to share the gospel. We're going to tell them about Jesus. Love for you to join us this Christmas. This is very, very easy. That's why we're here. The mission of the church is to make more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. In the first service, I prayed and three people raised their hand said they accepted him. This morning after first service, I sat down and had a conversation about baptism. I learned that this young girl prayed and surrendered her life to Jesus Christ and her mom didn't know it. That's the mission of this church. And if you are part of this church, that's your mission. (laughs) It's our mission to reach people with the greatest message ever told. The message of promise of God being fulfilled. So I'm going to pray. And if you're in this room or watching online or listening online and you're ready to make that commitment, that you're ready. You don't have to know everything, but you're ready to give it all to him. Just pray with me. And the words that I say are just words we say. It's in the heart that you deliver them and surrender and make Jesus the Lord of your life. That is the best decision you can ever make because then you'll be with him, according to what scripture says, for all eternity. Church, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace, and your forgiveness. God, we thank you for Jesus. As we celebrate Christmas, the birth of our Savior, Emmanuel, God coming to be with us. As you moved towards us, demonstrating your love for us, we praise you. So long ago you said you would. And 2,000 years ago you did. You are a man of your word. Father, I think about those who are with us this morning who have never made you the Lord of their life. I praise you, Lord, for the first few in the first service. And I'm reaching out with the gospel of hope here in the second. And if you're here and you're ready ready for a a drastic life change to walk with Jesus. Just simply pray these words with me. Father, I'm a sinner. I'm in need of a savior. I believe in Jesus. I believe that he was the promised one that you were going to send and did. I believe that he lived the perfect life I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. 
and I believe that he rose and conquered death. Today is a new day and I surrender my life to you. I turn away from my old life and embrace this new life with Jesus Christ. He is my Lord. I am your son or your daughter. Thank you for the promise. Church, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, what I'd really love to do, if you had prayed that with me and gave your life to Jesus Christ right then, would you just raise your hand and show me? Just me. Everybody else's heads are down. No one's paying attention. Amen. Amen. God, I... You overwhelm me because you continuously change lives. How you radically changed mine 20-some years ago and you're still in the business of changing lives before me. I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful. Right now, I would love to bring the, the prayer team forward. And Father, as they come forward, if there's anybody in the room who's walking through heartache, I understand Christmas season can be tough. I want you to encourage their hearts to come forward and to be prayed with and over. And if you're one of those in this room who raised their hand to accept Jesus Christ, and we would love to pray over you and with you and celebrate your first steps with Jesus. God, we lift the season to you. As a church, we bow down before you. It's all about you and your son. It's in his holy name that I pray. Amen. Church, don't forget today's dollar difference. You can do that on your way out. If you're a guest with us today, please fill out the connect card. Grab those invites. Come forward and receive, be prayed over. We love you. We're here to serve you. Have a great day.